Welcome to Every Texan Talks, the legislative update hosted by Every Texan, where our policy experts and political insiders cut through the noise at the Texas legislative session, break down what's happening at the Capitol, and why Texans should care. Hello, this is Marisa Bono. I'm the CEO at Every Texan, and with me today is Chief of Legislative Affairs, Luis Figueroa. Hi, Luis. Hey. Hello. So, um, Luis and I are are feeling pretty great. We just left a fundraiser. We've had a few drinks, and <laughs> we thought it would be good to do an episode on the worst of the worst. Every session, mm-hmm. there are some good bills. There's the bad bills, and there's the ugly bills. Mm-hmm. And so, um, thought it might be fun to do a little countdown this evening. Let's do the five worst of the worst, Luis. Who are we starting out with? Who's number five? <laughs> so we'll start with, you know, and, and one thing we should point out about these bills, these bills aren't necessarily going to pass. They're not the biggest threats. You know, there's certainly some bad ideas out there like vouchers um, that are a threat and we're very concerned about. But these bills are just their messaging and their um, the goals of the bill uh, are just so inequitable. They just have to be called out. Um, I think we should start with House Bill 29. It is the elimination of maintenance and operation taxes. Hmm. What, are, uh, what are maintenance? Yeah, okay. hold, hold up, hold up. Because <laughs> you're going to say M&O and people's eyes are going to be glazing over That's out right. there. What, well, let's start with what are maintenance and operation taxes. Absolutely. So these are the taxes that you pay for your schools. Um, these is the local portion of our um, school finance system. So in other words, you know, you own your home, you pay taxes on your home, it goes to schools. Um, This bill would completely eliminate this local portion. So the state would have to pay for the entire um, share of our of our school costs, you know, the, the heart and the meat and potatoes of our schools. Well, why, why is that a bad thing? Shouldn't, shouldn't the state be paying its full share? Isn't it the state's responsibility? So the concern is that it eliminates $30 billion uh, a year. Okay, <laughs> there's, so there's no making up that gap. Okay. <laughs> that is a lot of money, even by Texas standards. $30 billion a year, and the bill does not provide for how they're going to make up that money. Of course it didn't. It's... There's no appropriations rider on that baby, is there? <laughs> no. So it's basically just a complete gutting of our school finance system. Um, and, um, you know, they, they say, well, maybe we'll come up with some sales tax down the road. Oh. Uh, Cause, you know, cause the Texas legislature just like, that's something that we're known for is imposing new taxes. Right. State, right. right. Yeah. You know, they're going to come with a committee and figure some things oh, out, yeah. but you know, there's no way they're coming up with $30 billion a year. Um, and so it would just basically devastate our overstressed education system. Even if you increase the sales tax to make up the difference, it would essentially mean that you're paying for schools on the backs of the poor. It would dramatically increase the cost of goods. You know, people think inflation is bad now. Wait till we have to make up $30 billion a year in sales tax right. um, to make up the difference from our local, um, you know, our local property taxes to pay for schools. Um, it's just a bad idea, and anybody who is responsible should know better than, than trying to, to pass this. Whose bad idea is this, Louise? This is Representative Murr's bill. He has filed it in the past, um, mm. and it's actually gotten some traction. It actually passed the House a couple of sessions ago, um, but thankfully it's never made it all the way. Uh, it's a, you know, In our opinion, it's a bill that is about messaging and, and trying to say that they want to get rid of um, local property taxes, 
which is one thing, but you got to come up with a sensible plan to replace that money, and and they have not come up with that. Yeah, we always try to we we try to. I feel like we're a broken record at this point. We try to emphasize with everyone. You know, taxes is where taxes are where we get our revenue. So. Yeah. If we like all of the the goods and services we get, like public education, like those quality schools, um, that that money's got to come from somewhere. It comes from taxes. So mm-hmm. when we cut taxes, uh, there's not really a way to make up the difference in right. in Texas uh, uh, without finding some other place to raise taxes. Right. Um, and we don't have a state income tax, so we already kind of have a disproportionate share when it comes to property taxes and sales taxes. Or it's kind of um, yeah, that's exactly mess. right. You know, at yeah. some point we become a pogo stick, um, as, as Dick Levine likes to point out. We're just going <laughs> to fall over. Um, and the harm is, you know, our kids are the ones who are going to suffer from that, right? If we can't come up with, if we took out thirty billion dollars from our schools, um, <laughs> it just blows my mind. Like we're we're post pandemic, and there's all this learning loss, and our teachers are still getting paid the same that they did ten years ago, adjusting for inflation, and it's just and like the response to that is okay. Then this means we should take thirty billion dollars out of our public school systems. Really, really odd disconnect there. Sense, right? Yeah, that's not. That's the worst line. of the worst. That's not who we are. Well, it's not the worst of the worst. That was number five. <laughs> number five. That was number five. What's number four? So number four um, gets to voting, right? Democracy. Um, this is a bill, a Senate Bill eight twenty three. The House version is twenty twenty. It allows for the Secretary of State to remove a county election administrator for an administrative complaint. So somebody complains and say, they ran out of paper at the polling site or the electronic voting machine went down um, and the Secretary of State can then uh, remove an election official. So just based on a complaint? Just based on a complaint. Like you don't, uh, we don't have to investigate it. You don't have to no, adjudicate that, it. The only thing it says is recurring, which is okay. not defined in the bill, so we don't know what recurring So it could be means. like the Two. same like angry... Could be the same Angry, person calling twice. Uh, you know, I have n- very rarely seen an election go through without at least one electronic machine going down. It's pretty mm-hmm. common for, you know, the election administrators are are not, um, you know, computer are not IT people. Um, paper sometimes needs to get replaced. Um, there's, you know, sometimes people have run out of stickers yeah. on the voting machine, right? It happens. So, uh, so it's removing an election official based on just a, an irregularity, such as a voting system equipment um, that isn't even defined in the bill, um, is really problematic. Um, and we have a, um, you know, we have a bill in there that we call dishonorable mention um, that we're going to talk about <laughs> about there um, that is of the similar vein. Um, and that bill would... Uh, remove polling sites from college campuses, from any university or, or college campus. Um, and that's House Bill 2390. So what is, what I just got to ask, I mean, who, when you think about polling places, first of all, you, I mean, I know my community poll, my polling place is in a school. Um, when right. I early vote, I go to a um, community college campus. Mm-hmm. Like this is just sort of, you know, Colleges and institutions of learning and polling places, it's kind of like peanut butter and jelly. You know, those things just go together. And it makes sense because yeah. um, it, it is, those are community center, centers. They have parking, it makes, they have the yeah, space, there's a the community space. center, people know where they are. Exactly. Uh, like, what, 
who, who would think, I mean, why would you do, let's play devil's advocate. Yeah. Why would you do something? What's, what's the rationale behind this? So the author of the bill, Representative Carrie Isaac, and Twitter said that she was trying to make students safe. That strangers coming to a campus or to a, a, a school uh, makes it an unsafe environment for, for schools. Uh, you know, first of all, you know, um, that, I think that's a little bit of a, of a reach uh, well, I was just going to say, have this, th- there any kind of documentation right. of that being an issue anywhere in the state? Yeah, I mean, you know, clearly that there's no real evidence that this has created an unsafe environment. Um, and if we're really, of course, we've said this before, if we're really talking about the safety of schools and the safety of children, we would be doing something about guns, not taking away polling sites, right? So right. talk about like a response that doesn't meet the need. Um, but, but beyond that, you know, there is a long historical discrimination in Texas of removing polling sites from universities, particularly um, universities with large um, students of color. Uh, Prairie View A&M is the classic example where a very large um, black population of students, they, students had to continuously fight under the Voting Rights Act to keep their polling site there. Um, and so this is, you know, there's a history here. And the history says um, that if we're going to take away polling sites, you, you shouldn't be taken away from communities of color because um, you're making it harder to vote um, and, and putting us into a, you know, a, a historical context. Um, it's just, this is just a bill that's a bad, it's a bad, it's icky. It's a bad look. Yeah. There's a big, there's a big why there. So before we move on to number three, that, that was number four. And what were those bills again and who sponsors them? Yeah. So, um, the Senate bill is, um, Senate bill 823 Mm -hmm. by Senator Benacor. He has a beef with Harris County. Mm. Um, house bill 2020 is by representative Dr. Oliverson. Um, and House Bill 2390, which takes away the, um, the polling site, is by Representative Kerry Isaac. Yes, yes. Why are our elected officials making it harder and less convenient to vote? It's still a mystery to me, but that's okay. We're not going to solve that tonight. Let's go on to number three. Okay, so number three um, is uh, you know, related to a previous podcast. We talked about preemption. Um, which is basically the ability of counties and cities to be able to enact policies that help their communities. Um, this one's really rough. Um, so this bill, which would prohibit cities and counties to pass laws or rules in the areas of agriculture, finance, labor, natural resources, occupational licenses. They could not regulate water conservation, puppy mills, payday what? lenders, employment discrimination, waste storage, burn bans. This goes on and on. It is basically gutting local and city county officials to make their communities safer um, and represent the views of their of their community. I just, you know, we talked about that. And I would, if, if, if folks want to know more about what preemption is and what we mean when we say that, there's a podcast episode we did a few weeks ago. It's it's on preemption. Take a listen. It's it's pretty short. Um, but I've just got to, I have to emphasize again, like when you take away power from local elected officials, you're basically taking away the will of the voters in those communities. I mean, we, when you vote for mayor or city council or your county commissioners, like you're electing them because you want them to address the, the problems that are facing your community. And Texas is a giant state and we're such a diverse state. We have communities that are just completely different, have completely mm-hmm. different priorities and issues. These types of bills really undercut 
not only the discretion of local elected officials to uh, to address the real problems in their community, but it really it really undermines the local vote. Yeah, it just kind of makes you angry, right? Um, it's just really, um, it's it's really just in your face. Like we just don't trust our local officials. We don't like that elected official. So instead of you know working with them or figuring out some common goal. You just take away their power, um, and it's just um, it's just a complete overreach. We talk about freedoms, we talk about yeah. state overreach. Um, this really gets gets at that. It feels it feels un-American. You know, when it makes matters worse, kind of adding insult to injury, is it allows any person to bring a lawsuit against a city or county for a violation. Oh God! Um, you know, we're always saying about you know conservatives are always concerned about using the courts to enact laws or whatever, uh, or lawsuit abuse. Um, this just invites it. And that pays, and of course, that costs taxpayers even more money because anytime there's a lawsuit file, and Luis and I used to work for Maldives, so we know all about this, to be fair. Uh, But anytime a lawsuit is filed, the city or the county, whoever's being sued, that's taxpayer money that they have to use to defend against those types of lawsuits. That's right, absolutely. Okay, it's getting, (laughs) getting pretty bleak over here. Let's go on to number two. Uh, okay, so this one is one we've seen quite a, bu- a few times. Uh, House Bill 8, uh, 822 uh, provides for the drug testing of certain persons seeking benefits under TANF, the Temporary Assistance for Needing Families. What is TANF? Um, so TANF is the funds that you get uh, when you are low income. It's, uh, it's assistance for needy families. Uh, and Texas has some of the stringent Ten of eligibility is already in the country. Um, so just to be clear, there are a lot of needy families in Texas that do not get any support or assistance right. for this the, program. The income limits for Tavent haven't changed in 25 years. $188 a month for a mother with two children. Uh, you know, these are very minuscule um, funds that are, you know, not even close to providing the needs for these families. So it's already um, an anemic program. It's already an anemic program. It's uh, it's already a, a program that has a lot of requirements. Um, and drug testing is really about stigmatizing these people. And this is why it's so low on the list. You may say, why is this one worse than the other ones? Well, this one is, to me, um, so is, you know, or, or so problematic because it's stigmatizing. It's um, putting an unnecessary drug test on parents and grandparents who are already in a position um, where they are in a, in a position of need. Um, and it just seems really mean-spirited. Um, and another, another bill that kind of creates a solution to a problem that doesn't seem to exist other than um, kind of ugly stereotype tropes. That's right, that's yeah. right. And other states have done this. It's been a complete failure. Found they spend more money than actually saving any money. It's not a, it, you know, there's no empirical data. This is working either to, on top of it. It's just so striking to me because this is really a time, with record high inflation, this is really a time when po- families are moving in and out of poverty, um, when there's um, job uncertainty, but also these rising costs. Uh, I, I just feel like, folks are struggling as it is without having their own government work against them is kind of what's speaking to me here. Yeah, that's right. Um, Should we go to the worst of the worst? let's wrap it up with our number one worst of the worst. So this is a bill we have not seen before. We haven't seen it around the nation. um, And it is Senate Bill 923 uh, and Senate Bill 886 by the same author, Senator Springer, who is essentially trying to erase children um, particularly children who are unlawfully uh, present or undocumented in the United States from the accountability systems and the school and the school funding systems. 
So the first. What do you mean erase them? So in the first, the first bill takes away the accountability system. So schools would not be responsible for teaching children that are undocumented. They okay. wouldn't have any. Um, they wouldn't be rated under that. If, if students were failing, they wouldn't see any red flags. They wouldn't be accountable in any of the accountability systems. That's, that's really so. That's kind of confusing for me because we have a. I mean, it's. Um, so both you and I are lawyers, um, Luis. There's a well-settled U.S. Supreme Court case called Plyler v. Doe, mm-hmm. where the Supreme Court has explicitly said that public schools must serve all students, regardless of characteristics like immigration status, and that has been well-settled law mm-hmm. for many, many years, and really undisputed settled law for many, many years. So wouldn't something like this violate Plyler v. Doe? It would absolutely violate Plyler v. Doe, a long Supreme Court precedent. Um, the governor made a reference in passing that he, uh, when when the Dobbs decision came out related to reproductive justice abortion, that um, that maybe we should take a look at Plyler v. Doe. Oh, uh, and so this is another attempt to... Um, go after well-settled Supreme Court precedent um, and and potentially overturn um, a Supreme Court decision um, that has served Texas and the nation well for many for many decades. I mean, is this is this really who we are as Texans, or we're, we're openly targeting children? It's that's why it's the worst of the worst because <laughs> we are in that position. Uh, the bill, the other bill relates to school finance. Says the federal government would have to reimburse the school in order for them to get free tuition. Um, so he's got you know double down on it. First he says let's take them out of the accountability system, and then two let's make sure our schools don't get paid for these students unless they get uh, funded from the federal government. Um, you know I think it's clearly a messaging bill, but it, what message are you sending? The message you're sending is these kids don't matter, that we don't care about kids. Um, well, you don't care about our workforce, frankly. No, I mean, right. as it as it is, over half of the students who graduate from Texas schools are not considered to be college and career ready under our own state standards. So you want to add to that a whole generation of children that the state is not obligated or that public schools are not obligated to educate. So it's it's mean and spiteful for the kids and their families certainly but like what are you doing to the future of our workforce i mean talk about cutting off your nose to spite your face absolutely and you know as we all know every text you know every texan in that that lives in the state pays their sales taxes is pays their property taxes they are contributing to the state economy um you know there is no um data here to support such a mean-spirited bill um, and, and that's why, um, unfortunately, we have to name this one the worst of the worst. Yep. Okay. Well, um, I, think that, I think that wraps it up. So uh, five bills we have an eye on, all with varying uh, degrees or likelihoods of passing. But just thought we'd do a, a quick conversation here on, on um, you know, what we're thinking of is worst of the worst. And I'm looking forward to the best of the best. So yes. we'll, we'll get that we'll get that done in yes. next week too. Let's get that one in the hopper. <laughs> okay. If you want to follow our work, you want to you want to see how bills like this are are progressing. Please follow this podcast. Um, please send it to your friends if you think it's interesting and worthwhile. 
Uh, Luis also works with our team to put out the point of order newsletter. This is sort of like a weekly update on what's going on at the Capitol. Obviously what goes on during legislative session affects everybody, even if you're not engaged in this work on a day-to-day -day basis. So go, go check that out and um, we'll look forward to the next one, right, Luis? Sounds good. Okay. Thank you. And that wraps up our podcast for today. Thanks to our guests. And as always, check out everytexan.org for more information about our work and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.